life. We're going to be starting a new series this morning very quickly. Um, we're going to be jumping into it right now. The title of the series is And Fighting Out of This Corner. We're going to be in Exodus, the 14th chapter. And I want to kind of give you a little bit of understanding of what this series is about. This series kind of came to me a couple of weeks ago as I was kind of thinking about what God had for us next and trying to kind of look at all those things and trying to figure out where we are. And basically what this series is all about is about battles and fights. I don't know about you, I'm just going to speak for me, but one of the things I deal with is I'm constantly battling in my heart or in my spirit from two different things. Paul writes a lot about this, about the spirit man and the flesh man and how they're always fighting each other and, and how we want, to want one to win and one you know, the other. And, and basically this idea comes from this, this idea is, um, basically of two fighters in a ring. Now, when I was a kid, boxing was, was a little bit more popular. There was, there was Mike Tyson, and there, he was running around being crazy, and, and, and Evander Holyfield and all these sort of things. And I remember as a kid, watching one of these fights was a really big deal. And, and we got a, a, fa- a family friend of ours, they got pay-per-view, and so we went over to see, and I remember it was Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. It doesn't matter. I was young and didn't care. It was just, I was hanging out with my friends. And I remember they, they have the mic that would come down from the center of the ring, and the guy would come out and he would be dressed in a tuxedo and all this sort of things. And he would look over and he would say, and in this corner, weighing at 455 pounds from blah, 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 blah. You know, and he would do this. And then another guy would do this and he would announce. I just remember that as a kid. And that was like a really cool thing because I like to talk and be loud. And I thought, man, that would be a cool thing to do is be like a, a ring announcer. And really that idea here is, is kind of what we're going to do. And we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks these things that are constantly battling in our lives. These things that, that God is going to desire for us to win our fight. Because if we don't, we're going to find that, that things are not going to go the way God really wants them to go in our life. And today the two battling factions that we're going to talk about is this concept of faith versus fear. So in this corner we have faith. And in this corner, we have fear. And so we're going to turn in our Bibles to Exodus. We're going to turn to Exodus, the 14th chapter, and we're going to look at this story that most of us know and that we're going to look at and see this battle of faith versus fear in this particular story. So we're going to start with Exodus 14. We're going to start with verse number 5, and this is what it says. It says, When word reached the king of Egypt... That the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind. What have we done letting all the Israelite slaves get away, they add. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt with each of its commanders. And now we're going to jump to verse number 10. It says, And Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked and the, was Pharaoh approached, excuse me, the children of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen? Excuse me, while we were still in Egypt. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay 
come. So in this story, we see two different mindsets. We see the children of Israel displaying fear, and we see Moses displaying faith. In my life, and listen, sometimes when, you know, and well, most of the time this is the case, where, where I'm sharing something, this is, this is Aaron teaching to himself. This is Aaron preaching to himself, because the bottom line is, I am horrible at this. Now, maybe you're great, but when it comes to faith versus fear, I'm just bad. I, I, I live in the fear camp. My faith isn't very good. So today, this is not... Listen, I'll be honest with you. I, I pray and I hope and I know that this is for more people than just me. But if this is just for me, you're just going to have to put up with it this morning. Because this has been a convicting week all week long. As I've been writing this, it's like I've been writing and I'm going, okay. And God has almost been like in his loving, kind of nice way, kind of tapping me on the shoulder and going, yeah, you, you need to do better here. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then it kind of tapped me again. It's like, you don't do this very well. And I'm like, oh, I, I know, I know. So though this is... This is for all of us, but it's something that I just don't do very well. It's something I need to do better in. So what we're going to do first is we're going to look at the children of Israel. We're going to talk about fear, what fear does, how fear attacks, so that we can understand that. So the first thing we're going to look at is fear and how we see it. And we see fear expressed in the children of Israel in the way that they panicked. Look at this. In, 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 uh, excuse me. In blah. Stop and slow down. In Exodus, the 14th chapter, it says this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. They panicked. Now, I'm not saying they didn't have a really good reason to panic. I'm not saying that they didn't have a situation that was totally, you know, it's like, it's like how many of you ever saw the movie Toy Story? I love that movie. I love that movie. And in that movie, Buzz and Woody, if you don't know who they are, just go with it. Buzz and Woody are having this confrontation. And basically, they have been, they're lost. They're toys. And they are lost from their owner. And basically, Buzz looks at Woody and says, Sheriff, this isn't the time to panic. And Woody's response is perfect. He looks back and goes, this is the perfect time to panic. This was the perfect time to panic. The Egyptians are coming. There is no way to go. They are blocked. See in front of them, Egyptians behind them. Now, I don't think the Egyptians were there to play patty cake. I don't think the Egyptians were coming to say, so, how's the journey been so far? How's everything going? Good? Okay, great. I mean, they weren't there to do that. They were there to probably kill some of them. And for the rest of them, take them off and put them back into slavery. This was the perfect time to panic. But fear brings that sometimes. And when we panic, we stop thinking. We stop being aware of those situations. And so when they have that fear, they begin to panic. It's kind of like the chicken with the head cut off kind of a situation where they're just kind of running around and they don't know what to do. And then some other things begin to happen because of their panic. The next, we see their fear expressed in their loss of confidence. Look at chapter 14 again. It says, They cried out to the Lord and to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? When we panic and there's fear, typically what happens is we begin to lose confidence in our leaders and in God. 
Why have you done this? What have you done? This is funny to me because the, the thing is, they, they say, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? At this time, about three-fourths of the land of Egypt was literally reserved for graves. So this is one of those like tongue-in-cheek moments where they're like, seriously? Because there wasn't enough? We're going to have some out here too? And they lost it. They all of a sudden forgot to have a confidence in God. They didn't have their confidence in Moses. And all of a sudden, because they're afraid, because they're panicked, now all of a sudden, everything's going wrong. You ever been there? It's like those things begin to happen and they begin to snowball. Sometimes my wife will say, why are you this way? What happened? And I'll tell her what happened and she'll go, that's not that big of a deal. But then I'll say, yeah, but, it, but this and then this and then this and then this. It was like the final straw that broke the camel's back. And we begin to get afraid, and we begin to fear, and we lose confidence. We lose confidence. And the final one that we see, the final one that we see is we see fear expressed with their forgetfulness. Look at this. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. They forgot. Well, what did they forget? They forgot everything God had already done. I mean, we could have gone back and we could have looked. There, there were ten plagues. God made water turn to blood. God made frogs show up. I mean, these weren't normal things. The firstborn of Egypt were slain. I mean, this was big stuff. This was the mighty hand of God showing up and showing off. They get here and because they're trapped with a river on, or the sea on one side and the Egyptians, they forget entirely what God has already done. This is one that I'm horrible at. And it wasn't that far from when it happened. It wasn't like they're sitting here and it was three years ago. It just took place. And I'll do that. I'll sit there and I'll go, oh, but God, what about this? And God's like, are you serious? Did you forget all that I've done? We sang a song today, and it basically, in one of the verses, it said, you've never failed me yet. You know what, guys? Whether you believe this or not, God has never failed you. Now, you may not understand why he's done what he's done, but he's never failed you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never failed you. God is faithful, but we are not, and we forget. And it's amazing, like, what God will do. And he'll do these amazing things. And then this little thing comes along and will go, God, you, you're just not going to do anything. God, you've forgotten me. They have just experienced a tangible, powerful expression of God. And now they're here and they've forgotten all about it. They've forgotten. I do that so much. And I forget. And that's what fear does. It causes you to forget. It causes you to forget that God loves you, that God's got a plan for you, that God has got you. Because fear does that. I heard somebody say once, fear is not a logical emotion for the Christian. Because perfect love drives out all fear. It drives it out. We have a perfect love from our Father. If you are expressing fear, if you are feeling fear right now, I will say this to you. Join the club because I do too. But here's the bottom line. We need to do better. 
Because we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to do that because our Father has got us. You say, yeah, but Aaron, there's a sea on one side and the Egyptians are coming on the other. And there's no way out. Listen, I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. But you don't have to choose fear. Instead, you can choose faith. And that's why this is a battle in our hearts. And this is why it's a battle in our minds. And this is why we've got to have God's help to win this fight. Because this is a big one. This is a big one. So now let's move on to Moses. Because Moses is in the same situation. Listen, if anyone was going to get the sword, if anyone was not going to make it home, it was Moses. It wasn't like Pharaoh was going to go, hey, let's leave Moses and Aaron alone. They knew they were in trouble. And they're in the same situation, but Moses shows something different. He shows faith. And let's look at how he does this. Number one, Moses has faith that God would help. Look at this. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Now listen, this is important that you catch this. Moses does not know at this point how God is going to help. Listen, if your faith is based on always understanding how God is going to do everything, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't take a lot of faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith to have it all spread out. I've had people come to me and say, why doesn't God just tell me everything? Because there's no faith in that. Your faith isn't going to grow in that. Because you know what's going to happen. You know what's coming. It's not the same. And in this, even though Moses doesn't know how, even though Moses doesn't see a way out, he still says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Even though he doesn't know. Now, we know. We get, we get the, the, the benefit of reading Scripture and knowing what's going to happen. We kind of know what the end of the story is. But we always have to remember, they didn't. They didn't. I mean, let's think about it. If Moses had come up and said, hey, guys, listen, listen, I know the Egyptians are there. The, the sea's right there. But listen, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. They'll make a movie about it one day. I'm going to go up, be very dramatic, but have my staff. Was that Charlton Heston? Was that? Yes, okay. Charlton Heston, you know. They always would show the Ten Commandments, I think, on Easter Sunday. Right, I think, you know. And he stands up there and... And he's like tan, <laughs> you know, you know, he's very pretty, you know, I don't think Moses looked that way, but maybe you did, sorry, you know, um, and he stands up there and he, and the, they didn't know that, Moses didn't know that, God didn't tap him on the shoulder and say, listen, this is going to be great, they're going to make a movie about this one day, <laughs> you're going to go and you're going to get trapped, and this is what's going to happen, you're going to go and you're going to, Moses doesn't know. So so listen, faith can't be based on you always knowing how it's all going to end up. We don't know. What we have to understand in what Moses does here is he clings to the God who does. He clings to the God that does know. And so he says, listen, I don't know how you're going to help, but I have faith that you will. Next, Moses does this. Moses has faith that God would fight for them. Look at this in Exodus 14. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I was reading a book recently about this, and it was a, it's a really great book. And it's about the Lord as a warrior. 
And we have to always understand that. In Exodus 15, 3, it's not going to be on your screen. It says this, and this happens after this takes place, after they escape through the Red Sea and, and God takes care of the Egyptians. It says this in 15, 3, it says, The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Now listen, we don't really talk about this very often. We talk, God is love and God is peace and God is joy. Listen, God is a warrior and he fights for his people. I love these stories where God basically says, listen, you go to the battle and I'll take care of it. When I was a little kid, we put on a children's musical. Have anybody ever been to a children's musical in church? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. My mom was the director. You can imagine how that went, you know. And the name of the musical, Fat, Fat Jehoshaphat. That was the name of the musical. I kid you not. And it was about Jehoshaphat as the king. And there's a story, I think it was in Chronicles, where they're, they're getting surrounded. They're going to be attacked. And basically God says, go to battle and I'll take care of it for you. And so they literally lead into battle with the worship team. The choir leads them into battle. And God destroys the enemy. And we sung a, a song in that musical called, the, the, the fight is not yours, but it's God's. Our God is a warrior. Listen, in our world today, it's scary. In our world today, our culture, oh my goodness. But you know what? Our God is a warrior. He fights for us. He fights. Now listen, that doesn't mean, catch me here, that doesn't mean that we get to go sit on the pew and just sit there and do nothing. We go to the battle, but we understand who fights our battles. God will fight for us. God will stand in the gap for us. God doesn't just look at us and say, yeah, you go and I'll stay here. He is a warrior and he will take care of you. We can have faith in that. We can have faith that we know that God is going to fight. He's not going to forget us. He's not going to move on. He is going to fight for us. And the final thing, God had, or Moses had faith that God's victory would be complete. Look at this. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Just stay calm. Remember, again, he doesn't know. All he knows is that God will help, that God will fight, and that when God does it, it's complete and it's total. Listen, let me help you with something. When Jesus came and he died and he rose again, that was not a half victory. That was a complete victory. That is done. It is finished. And when God comes and God does it, it's complete. Moses doesn't know that the water is going to part. He doesn't know that God's going to make the water come back down. And the entire Egyptian army, the world power at that time, is going to be literally wiped off the face of the earth. But he knows when my God does something, it's total and it's complete. And he will take care of every little thing that could possibly come up. That's faith. Faith is not looking and saying, God, you will do just enough. God desires to have complete and total victory in our lives. That's God's plan for us. That's what God wants to do. And we need to have faith that God's not going to do just the minimum. He's going to go above and beyond. Because the word says simply, press down, shaken together, flowing over. That is not a picture of just a drop in a cup. That is a picture of overflowing all over the table and everywhere in every part. So we need to understand that. So here we are in our battle. 
Here we are in the fight. We're in the ring. We're going through a moment. How do we conquer fear and embrace faith? Some application. How do we conquer fear and embrace faith? Number one, we believe what God has said, not what we see or feel. We believe, listen, this is important. We live in a culture today that is very, very about how you feel. Now, are feelings wrong? Absolutely not. They are given by God. We have emotions and they are awesome and they're beautiful. But let me, uh, let me warn you here. Let me help you with something. When your feelings contradict what God's word has said, you need to do your best to have God help you take your feelings and put them in the garbage can. Now, does that mean that your feelings are worthless? No. No. My wife and I will talk, and we'll have moments where we're having moments, and we're having discussions about things, you know. That's a nice way to say I've done something dumb, and she's upset with me. And I always look at her, and I'll say, Em, your feelings matter. They have value. And your feelings matter to God, and they have value. Okay? But at the same time, they are not more valuable than what God's word has said. I had people come, I feel alone. You do? That's fair. That's valid. There's times I feel alone. But this is what God's word says. And God's word says, he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And so, yeah, I get that sometimes we feel that way. But in this moment, we have to choose faith over fear. We have to say, God, even though I don't feel you right now, I know you are here. When we can do that, when we do that, and God helps us, it's like we take a fist and just pound it right into fear's face. We say, no, I will not go there. This can't be. When you, in this fight, listen, in all of these fights, this is not a, it's just going to magically happen. These are moments and these are things that have to be intentional. There are going to have to be moments where you say, no, I am going to choose this over this. Because let's be honest, when we don't, we usually choose the path of least resistance, which is usually fear. It's not faith. Faith doesn't come naturally to us. Fear does. And so we have to make that understanding that no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, we will believe what God has said in his word. Next, we believe that God has a plan and his plan is good. I, I noticed this, you know, usually when you, when you read the scriptures, I don't know if you do this, but there are stories that, you are, that, that most people know. And this is one of those, you know, where they cross through the Red Sea, God opens it up and they're safe and all that sort of stuff. And because of that, sometimes I, I kind of, because I'm trying to get to the stuff I know, I skip over this stuff. Because I'm just trying to get through it. If that makes sense. I don't know if you guys do that. And I noticed this as I was putting this together. And I never noticed this before. So maybe I'm just a horrible person. But I thought this was unbelievable. Because I just missed it. But in, in, in the 14th chapter. Before we get into all this that takes place. God is speaking to Moses. And he tells Moses. I want you to camp here. He specifically tells Moses where to camp. And then as he goes on. He says this. I have planned this. In order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. God's planned it all. God knows what he's doing. God has a plan and his plan is good. Now, do you always understand his plan? No. Are they, God doesn't say, 
My plan for you are, is good, and I will always explain it to you. I, I think if God at times would explain to me or try to explain to me all that his plan is, my head would pop off and roll on the floor. Because it's so huge, and it's so big, and it's so multifaceted. But listen, I can have faith that in my life, God has a plan, and his plan for me is good. His plan for me is good. Listen, this didn't seem like a good plan. This didn't, I mean, I'm sure Moses is not, Moses wasn't a dummy. Moses is sitting there, and he's like, okay, Joshua was a warrior. I mean, you imagine Joshua like coming up to Moses. He was a fighter. He understood the understanding of ground and how all this worked. Can you imagine Joshua going to the Moses and going, hey, uh, Moses, yeah. He said, this is not a really great position here. Well, what do you mean? Well, if we're attacked, we got no place to go. And I can just imagine Moses going, God has a plan. And God's going to be glorified through it. Can you imagine if everything in our lives, and listen, what I'm going to ask right here is, is unbelievably difficult, and we cannot do it without God's help, okay? No one, none of us can. But can you imagine if everything in our lives, anything that came down the pipe, our response was God's have, God has a plan, and God will be glorified through it. Can you imagine how that would change us and change the situation? God has a plan for you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, God has a plan, and his plan is good. And the final thing, we believe that God will come to our rescue. We believe that God will come to our rescue. When you think about the Bible, you think about all it is, it's many, many things, and I've heard it described and broken down. Oh, it's a love story. It's a love letter. It's all those things. But it's also a rescue manual. You see, to be rescued, to understand rescue, to need rescue, it is a situation where you are incapable of rescuing yourself. There is nothing you can do. The Bible's very clear. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. We've all done things that have been disobedient to God. And because of that, we deserve death. And then Jesus came to our rescue. He came and reached down and he grabbed us. You know, there's something special about understanding that no matter what we face, no matter how difficult it is, Jesus will always come. I heard it said once, it's like no matter how deep of a pit you find yourself in, no matter if you're, you go, go, Aaron, I am in a 20-foot pit and there is no way out. God always has a 21-foot rope. It'll always reach the bottom. No matter how deep you go, God will always come to your rescue because he loves you, because he cares for you, because he has a plan for you. And listen, there are going to be moments... There have been moments, there will continue to be moments in all of our lives where we are going to feel trapped. We are going to feel like there is no place to go and no place to hide, and we are in trouble. And in those moments, I truly believe that God wants to come and say, Listen, I'm your rescuer. I'm your rescuer, and I've got you, and I am not 
going to let go. If the worship team wants to come on up to the front, we're going to close. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about these types of battles that we face. We're going, to, we're going to talk about in one corner there's this and another corner is this. And I want you to understand something as we kind of bring this to a close. No matter how good you are, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much you love Jesus, these are hard battles. We need His help. Because quite honestly... I don't know about you, and I'll just speak for myself. When I am faced with those moments, probably, maybe I'll be nice to myself and say eight times out of ten, I side with the Israelites. I begin to panic. I begin to say, God, what are you doing? God, where are you? God, why did you leave me here? God, why couldn't I have stayed in Egypt? It was nice in Egypt. And and I forget all that God's done. And God has called us to be people of faith. Not just people of faith, but people that display that faith in how we act and how we respond. One of our convictions, one of the things that we talk about here is the understanding that we are not afraid to get out of the boat. We are not afraid to do that. We cultivate faith. And remember, cultivation is not something... You don't, you, don't pl- you don't throw a seed on the ground and then watch it go... Bzzzip. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes cultivation. We don't cultivate fear. We don't cultivate shame. We cultivate faith. And in this fight, it's going to be a fight. Because there's going to be some hard things. Jesus said quite clearly in this life you're going to have trouble. But take heart of overcoming. I got you. And in that moment when fear is in that ring and they're faced off and you start swinging can you do something for me? Let God do the fight. Yeah, you get in that ring and you be there. You don't run off. But let's let God do in us what God is wanting to do. You see, who does the cultivation? It's our Father. He's the one that holds us and grabs us and molds us and forms us and shapes us. So maybe this morning you're facing some fierce stuff. Maybe this morning you're go- you got some bad news at the doctor's office this week. Or, or, or you had some stuff at the job. Or, 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 or the kids are just, oh my goodness, you love them, but... You know, it's like if you could sell them on eBay. You know what I mean? It's hard. And you're in fear and you're fighting and you're in this battle. And you feel just like those Israelites did. And you feel trapped. Listen, I promise you, God will make a way where there is no way. God is faithful and he will continue to be faithful. It's who he is. It's what he does. So no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, perfect love can drive that fear away and you can embrace the faith that God has for you. And you can say, no, God, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose faith. I'm not going to choose fear because I know fear isn't of you. And I know that's not what you have for me. And you're going to knock fear down. He's going to hit the mat. I promise you this. He's not going to stay there. He's going to get back up and you're going to have to hit him again. And he's going to go, and he's going to get, and you're going to have to hit him again. Paul says, I have to die daily. 
These fights are going to go on and go on and go on. But they'll stop one day when God takes us home. So here's what I'd like us to do. Let's, let's all close our eyes. We're going to pray. And I just want to pray over you that we would choose faith and reject fear in every situation and every circumstance. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we know we can't do this without you. We know it's not possible, so we don't even want to try. We want to fight alongside of you and let you do our fighting for us. And so Jesus, right now, no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, no matter the situation, we choose your faith. We choose to embrace it. Even when we don't know what's going on, we choose faith. We will battle fear and we will be victorious because that's what you called us to do and that's what you've called us to be. So we love you and we thank you. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.